Today is March 10th, and this is the 46th episode of the MMA Mike podcast. Last weekend, UFC 259. We knew it was going to be a stacked card. It was stacked on paper, and I will say it, it did pull through. The event happened on March 6th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I'll hop right into it. Uh, starting with the main event on the main card in the light heavyweight division. Jan Blachowicz did it. He defeated Israel Adesanya. He gave Adesanya his first loss of his career and showed, you know, it's not easy to go up and wait and uh, challenge the best guy in the world. You know, Jan proved that he is the true champion in the light heavyweight division. And I think, you know, even I have said it, I felt that there was a little bit of an asterisk next to the light heavyweight champion's name due to John Jones not being there anymore. But I will say, I think Jan certainly has earned uh, the right to be called the true champion in the light heavyweight division. And, and certainly because he defeated a great opponent in Dominic Reyes to win the belt. And now he defeated, you know, one of the best middleweights ever. And I, certainly Adesanya is going to go down as a legend. Um, and, you know, it's funny, I, I always root against Adesanya, and of course, the one time I pick him to win, he loses. <laughs> uh, that's kind of my luck. But, you know, I'm happy for Jan, and, and Jan's a great guy. You know, you listen to his interviews and everything he has to say, he's tough. He embodies the champ, uh, uh, what it is to be a champion very well, and he represents the light heavyweight quite division quite well. Um, getting into the fight stylistically, you know, I think the judges may have not scored the fight super uh, accurately. I know Dana White was kind of fuming afterwards the fight, not because of the decision. You know, I think their decision to pick Jan to win was the right one. I, I had Jan winning. I had Jan winning three rounds to two. Uh, but, you know, the 10-8 rounds at the end of the fight, I think is what a lot of people can't understand. But, you know, I think Jan won this fight. You know, he won the championship rounds, even though... Technically, all rounds are, are supposed to be equal to each other. Um, but, you know, he may have lost a little bit of, you know, in the earlier rounds, but picked it up. And um, he looked good. You know, he looked more powerful than Adesanya, and he controlled Adesanya on the ground and, uh, you know, landed more strikes, I think, because, you know, of the strikes on the ground. Um, but overall, you know, he looked good. He did what he had to do to win. And uh, it was a nice chess match of a fight. And for Adesanya, you know, this isn't the worst thing in the world. He, he dared to be great. He went up and he, he fell short. It's, it's not the end of the world. The guy's still a great fighter. He's going to probably still go down to middleweight and dominate. Um, you know, we got to see what's next down there due to the fact that he's basically ran through everyone, you know. You look through most of these guys he's beat everyone um you know you're gonna have robert whitaker face paul costa that's one and two uh the only other guys you know that i'd like to see him face um would be darren till or marvin vittori and those two are gonna fight uh he has uh he as in adesanya has fought vittori before but it was on his way up it was a three-round fight it was relatively close uh, I'd like to see Vittori get a rematch, especially in a five-round fight. We saw how he did in a five-round fight against Jack Hermanson. He looked phenomenal. But, you know, I'm also a huge fan of Robert Whitaker. 
Um, and, you know, it's hard to deny him if he does beat Paul Acosta, how he doesn't get his rematch at the belt. And, you know, I think there's a blueprint out there on how to beat Adesanya. Uh, and that certainly involves taking him to the ground and controlling him there. Now, how easy that will be at middleweight, I am not sure. But if, you know, Adesanya were to beat Whitaker again, I, I'd like to see uh, the winner of Till versus Vittori face him for the belt next. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future, maybe in a few years, we do see Adesanya try and go back up to light heavyweight. And maybe he'll try and move there permanently, put on some size and, um, you know, make a move there. But for Jan, you know, he said he needs some time off after this fight. But uh, he has confirmed that, you know, he'd like to give Glover to Shara, who is getting older uh, and is the number one contender. He'd like to give him a title shot. So... You know, that that seems to be next, but that's going to come in a little bit of time. In the co-main event, you know, Amanda Nunez pretty much won the fight before it even started. Uh, Megan Anderson, unfortunately, she didn't perform the way I was hoping she would. I, I thought she would give Amanda Nunez a little bit of a dogfight, but Nunez for that weight division at 145 is just so powerful, and she just clips people, and she obviously did against Megan Anderson. And basically finished her twice, uh, you know, finished her on the feet and then submitted her on the ground. Uh, beautiful triangle choke uh, into an arm bar to get the finish. And for my favorite fight of the night, uh, even though it left a sour taste in my mouth for a while. And, you know, going into this event, I really thought this bantamweight title fight between Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling was going to be the fight of the night. And I think it was heading that way. Until Jan, you know, decided to throw that illegal knee in the fourth round. And it really tarnished his great performance because he was dominating Aljamain Sterling. Although Sterling was throwing a shit ton of volume and putting out a crazy pace, Jan was blocking a lot of those shots in the early part of the fight and was clipping Aljamain Sterling with the heavier shots. Uh, he dropped him, I believe, like twice. And he stuffed almost every single takedown. I think he got taken down once and stuffed over well over 10. You know, he showed that his ground game was phenomenal. And he even got seven takedowns himself. Um, and, you know, he was just beating up Aljamain Sterling. And especially in fourth round, he, he seemed like he was turning it on. He had the better gas tank at the end. And I thought he was going to eventually get a finish in the later rounds and, um, Unfortunately, he threw an illegal knee, and there was a lot of controversy. You know, I, I think it is bullshit the amount of shit people are giving Aljamain Sterling. But at the same time, I feel like Sterling should just stop talking. You know, just go quiet a little bit. Stop entertaining these people that are giving you shit. Stop it, giving yourself. You know, trying to make. Um, don't you know, say stuff to try and make feel people feel better like just go do your thing man train you guys are gonna obviously have the rematch uh i i you know don't feel like you owe yourself an explanation to people just stop talking because it's just making shit worse you know and and for me as a fan um seeing the pictures of him you know whatever it, it is what it is there i'm there's ten thousand stories behind a picture it is what it is jan's upset obviously jan deserves to be upset um, I do think Jan is the better fighter, and I think in the rematch, Jan should win as long as, 
you know, he, he can keep the fight the same way as the first time. Uh, I did pick Jan the win, and I, I felt like he should have won that fight. Obviously, you know, you can't throw an illegal knee. And I do believe the punishment of uh, getting your belt taken away for, for throwing an illegal move that really affects the fight, it, it should, you know, you shouldn't win that fight at all. You shouldn't get the opportunity to win that fight. Now, do I think that the belt should go on Sterling? Not necessarily. I don't think you can really vacate the belt. Um, but I would say they definitely need to run this back. And, you know, I, I'm certainly not the guy to decide how you how you solve something like this. But it's interesting, you know, and, and there's a deep thing behind it because now Al Jermaine Sterling's always going to be known as a champion, at least on record. Uh, and if Jan wins and Sterling never wins that championship ever again, it's kind of like, oh, he won it by disqualification. You know what I mean? But look, it is what it is. I'm excited that they're going to run it back because I think it's going to be a great fight. I just hope that there's no controversy next time when we get a clear winner. But what I will say is, you know, this might screw Jan over because Jan could have clearly won that fight and never had to deal with Aljamain Sterling ever again. And now Aljamain Sterling gets a, a rerun at this. You know, he gets he gets a second try and he knows how the fight, you know, went the first time and he could try and take a different game plan. Now, I will say if you do not put that same pressure on Jan, he's going to knock out Sterling. Um but at the same time, it's like well, then how do you approach it? You know, cuz Sterling obviously was gassing and Jan was just covering up and and then picking his shots. So it's going to be a difficult rematch for Sterling, um, but I'm excited. In the lightweight division, you had Islam Makachev dominating Drew Dober. Um, you know, he, he he was dominating, and especially, you know, he didn't throw as many strikes as I'd like to see him throw. Uh, it was more the ground game, and I, I certainly understand Dober is a stud on the feet. Um, but you know, Islam got three takedowns, nine minutes of control time, almost got a submission a couple times before he finally got the submission in the third round. Um, you know, he's a guy who's coming up in that lightweight division and I'm excited to see him fight there, uh, against some of these top guys, you know, he's saying he wants to fight Tony Ferguson. And I think that's a great fight because everyone wanted to see Habib versus Tony. And uh, you could kind of see that with Islam versus Tony. Tony's coming off of two losses. Um, and I don't see him fighting anyone above him. And, you know, the only other guys below him I could see him fighting is like a Dan Hooker or Paul Felder. Uh, Hooker is at eight. Felder's at ten. Maybe an RDA, but I feel like the UFC is going to use him for something different. Uh, and Islam's at number. Uh, he moved up to number 11 so you know i'd like to see him fight you know any of those guys really that i mentioned um not only turning ferguson but i think that would be the coolest matchup for him and in the light heavyweight division which kicked off the main card yeah tiago santos losing a unanimous decision to alexander rakic and you know i think both guys respected each other a lot and that's why you didn't see a whole shit ton of action um Rakic selective with his shots certainly won uh you know he controlled the fight Santos seemed to that he just couldn't get anything going but um you know both guys have power and you got to respect it sometimes or you're just going to get knocked out although at, at the end Santos may have 
he should may have uh, made the decision to just let it go and try and catch Rakic to win the fight, but he decided not to, and he ended up paying the price of, of a loss. Um, for Rakic, you know, this is huge because he now moves up to the number two ranked fighter in his division. And, uh, you know, obviously I don't think he should fight for the title next. I think Glover, who is ranked number one, should. Um, and, you know, Jan Blachowicz said he's going to need some time off. So, obviously, that fight's not going to take place anytime soon. So, Rakic is probably going to need to fight someone again uh, in, the, in the near future. And, you know, I think he should fight the winner of Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Prokecha. You know, it's the, it's the only guys left. He defeated, num- uh, you know, Anthony Smith, who's ranked number six. And just defeated Tiago Santos, who's ranked number four. The only other guys in the top five are Yuri and Dominic Reyes. So, he, I think he should fight the winner of those two, and I think he will. I think he will. And the headliner on the prelims, Dominic Cruz, got won a split decision over Casey Kenny. I personally think that it, it should have been a unanimous decision, but it wasn't. But I think, you know, we saw a little bit of older Dominic Cruz, and I think he pretty much won everywhere in the fight, you know, on the ground, on the feet. Uh, he outstruck Kenny. I think he landed the heavier shots than Kenny, even though Kenny, I think, is a harder hitter. I do think Dominic landed more significant strikes. Um, you know, he did good work to the body, and, he, and you know, although Kenny did hit his leg sometimes, didn't really slow Dom down. He was able to move around quite well, and, um, you know, I'm excited to see him continue in the division. I do think that he still has title aspirations, and he wants to get back to, to that belt. Uh, he's, he moves up to number nine, and, you know, I think anyone in front of him. I think he could fight any guy in front of him. Uh, a great fight would be Frankie Edgar, you know, a legendary fight. But really any of these guys. Uh, Pedro Munoz, who just picked up a nice win. He could, I could see him fighting maybe even a Marlon Marias. Um, I don't know about it all, though. That would be interesting. Um, and I, I think Rob Font is a little too high up for him, but any of those names that I just mentioned, I could certainly see him fighting and would like to see him fight. Song Yudon lost a unanimous decision to Kyler Phillips. Phillips pretty much dominated everywhere on the feet, on the ground. Um, Yudong just couldn't really get it going. You know, he was looking for that power punch, but just was getting outstruck. Askar Askarov defeated Joseph Benavides, kicked his ass a little bit uh, by winning a unanimous decision. You know, I had Benavides winning that fight just because of everything that he's gone through, and I thought, you know, that would be a good bounce-back fight for him. But uh, he lost. He lost. And and obviously showing Askarov is very good, um, and that's why, obviously, he lost. Askarov now moves up to the number two-ranked fighter, in the flyweight division and rightfully so you know i'd like to see him fight for the title soon uh and for the last well first fight on the prelims kai car france defeated rogerio bontorin uh by knockout and it was an awesome comeback win um a couple early prelims you know, Tim Elliott won a very nice unanimous decision over Jordan Espinosa. Uh, Sean Brady picked up a beautiful fight uh, win 
with a submission win over Jake Matthews. Uh, and then, you know, there was a bunch of other wins with Trevin Jones picking up a knockout over Mario Batista, Euros Middick, uh picking up a knockout over Alon Cruz, Amanda Lemos picking up a knockout over Liviana Sosa, and uh, Kennedy Zetruka knocking out Carlos Uberg. That was also a great fight. You know, there was the whole card up and down was fantastic and uh, filled with excitement, a little controversy and um, basically just fighting, you know. So that was UFC 259. This was episode 46 uh, and it was a UFC 259 recap. The last thing I'm going to touch on before I head out of here is the UFC's pound for pound list and you know I've talked about Habib being on the top and why I think John Jones should still be number one over Habib um, but that's not what I'm here to talk about today I'm ta- here to talk about some of the movements in the pound for pound list um, but I do believe when when John if John does win the heavyweight championship I, I, I do believe he has to go back to number one on the pound for pound list anyway Kamaru Usman moves up to number three, and I think that is, I don't know how, um, I mean, he moves over Stipe, and I don't love that because I think Stipe is the the best heavyweight to ever be in the division, you know, in in the UFC, Um, defeating who he has defeated, and especially if he goes and defeats Francis again. I mean, Francis is such a dangerous fighter. But Kamaru Usman is legit, and he's defeating all these guys, and he's clearing out his division. Um, And for me, the pound-for-pound list has to do with, you know, you moving weights. Usman has stayed at 170. Yes, Stipe has stayed at heavyweight, but he is the heavyweight of the, you know, heavyweight champ of the world. He's the baddest man on the planet. Um, So personally, I think Stipe should be above Usman. Uh, so, you know, you have Habib one, John Jones two, Kamaru Usman three, Stipe four. Um, you know, I just personally think Stipe should be three and Usman four. I do believe Usman should be that high up though. Then you have Alexander Volkanovsky at five, which is all right. I mean, he's the champ. It's all right. You know, obviously every champ should be in, in the, the pound for pound list, but is what it is. You then have Israel Adesanya at number six. Why is Adesanya over Jan Blachowicz? Jan Blachowicz just defeated Israel Adesanya. It makes zero sense. I mean, yes, Adesanya moved down three spots, but he just lost with the pound for pound. You have to put Jan ahead of him. You just have to. Makes zero sense. Um... It, it doesn't make much sense. So, I, I mean, I don't care where they are. I just think Jan should be above Adesanya. I just do. It's the pound for pound list. Who won the fight? Like, you're going to have Israel be better at pound for pound. Yes, he's cleared out his division. I understand that argument. But at the same time, I guess if Jan does defend more over time, he should then pass Adesanya. But uh, I don't know. I just think it's bullshit. Dustin Poirier at number seven. Dustin Poirier definitely should be on the pound-for-pound pound list. He is a legit fighter. 
So then you got Yana at eight, Max Holloway at nine. Holloway certainly should be up there. He's a great fighter. Figueredo, the champ, makes sense. He's up there. Justin Gaethje at eleven. You know he's legit. Uh, he was a recent uh, interim champ. Makes sense. Peter Yan at twelve. You know he basically is still the champion. I think he'll beat Aljamain Sterling and and you know become champ again. He's at number twelve. Robert Whitaker at 13 makes sense, you know, past champ. Uh, Francis Ngannou at 14. You know, he never been a champion, but just dominating force. And then Aljamain Sterling pops in, kicks out Conor McGregor. All right, makes sense. You know, McGregor doesn't need to be on the pound-for-pound pound list, but Aljamain Sterling, like, come on, man. You have the formal champ over him. You just put him in there because he's champion. I don't know. I, I get how the rankings work, but it just is frustrating sometimes when you know things should be the way they, they, uh, they and they aren't. But it is what it is. And uh, this was a little bit of a longer episode than normal, but it's all right. I enjoyed talking about this. I enjoyed watching it. And uh, later this week, I'm going to give you guys a preview of the up-and-coming fight night. So this was episode 46. It's March 10th. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll catch you guys soon.